Hello, I'm Adam Christopher, author of Shadow of the Sith, and you are watching or listening to Genuine Chit Chat. Hello, my friends, and welcome to another episode of Genuine Chit Chat, which is also on the feed of Comics in Motion and Star Wars Comics in Canon and the YouTube channel. This is covering all my shows at the moment. This conversation is an episode which is a predecessor to the Clone Wars Conversations, which is a new show that myself, Dave and Maff are launching in 2024. It will be on the feed of Comics in Motion and on the feed of Star Wars Comics in Canon. And it'll also be at youtube.com slash genuine chit chat so you can check the video versions of that show when it comes out then or the video version of this show. But in essence, myself, Dave and Math watched The Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones recently while Megan was with us on one of those episodes and then we just watched the Clone Wars movie. It came out in 2008. I saw it at the cinema and it's got very, uh, let's say, mixed reviews. Um, so myself, Megan and Dave were not looking forward to watching this one because we've seen this movie before whereas Math has never seen this or The Clone Wars before so it's a very interesting conversation. So we talk about the movie in itself new characters, animation style, how characters compare to their live action counterparts, and what elements of this movie that we like that then shows up in the future of the Clone Wars without spoiling the Clone Wars for math. So it's all about the Clone Wars, so it's a really, really fun conversation, but there won't be any spoilers for the series. Again, check it out on YouTube if you want to see the video version of this. And in 2024, we're aiming for one episode a month. There's going to be myself, David Math, and occasionally Megan talking about either the whole season or a half season of each series of the Clone Wars animated show. So this is the final sort of prelude before we delve into those in 2024 so i really hope you enjoy it i should have a normal episode of styles comics and canon back on the feed next week but we shall see life's just super busy especially at christmas but if you haven't tuned in before go back and listen to some of my star wars interviews so i've recently interviewed adam christopher author of shadow of the sith ethan Sachs, who's the author of the bounty hunters ongoing comic series as well as galaxy's edge and halcyon legacy the mini series i've also spoken to kevin scott george mann claudia gray who are all writing for the high republic kevin shinnick who wrote the force collector loads of incredible people you can check it out in the playlist Star Wars Conversations on YouTube, or you can check it out on whatever feed you are listening to. But that's enough for me here at the start, friends. Thank you for tuning in. Check out all the details in the show notes, including prior episodes and those sorts of things. And I'll be back at the end just to give you a little bit more information on what's to come for the rest of 2023. But without further ado, here is a review of the Star Wars Clone Wars animated movie. Welcome to Genuine Chit Chat, where we have honest conversations with interesting people. And I'm your host, Mike Burton. And here we are for another episode of, well, it's the Clone Wars Conversations Prelude is where we are. And this is the prelude of all preludes. This is the Clone Wars movie. Some would argue the greatest Star Wars movie ever. And those people haven't seen the other Star Wars movies. <laughs> <laughs> um, this was a film which it came out, I think it was 2008. And it was essentially the first four episodes of season one of the Clone Wars. And they released it as a feature film. And it was the film that I saw in the cinema. And it made me go... Yeah, maybe Star Wars isn't for me anymore. <laughs> I've still got the ticket it stuff. It came out of the cinema. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It came out of the cinema. I watched it and I was like, Star Wars is not quite... I mean, I don't want to be dragged, but I was like, apart from video games, Star Wars is pretty dead to me. I was like, I don't really want to watch the Clone Wars series. Um, wasn't a fan. Uh, so we're just going to talk about uh, our thoughts on this film. Uh, it's Megan's favourite. She, she couldn't wait to watch this film. Like, Megan, won't you tell us first your experience watching this film for the first time and how enlightening and exciting it was. For the first time, I absolutely fucking hated it. <laughs> yeah. Um, when we watched it again, I don't really remember that much about it. All I remember that is that I did not enjoy the film. Mm. But uh, you, the Clone Wars series, though, you, you do really the rate The Clone Wars series, I think, is good, yeah. Because you think that's probably better than Rebels, don't you? Um, I don't know. I, I don't know. Okay, that's fair. I think it's got higher highs than Rebels in a lot of ways. Yeah, I think it does have higher highs. There's so much more of it. 
that's, that's um, just a lot. Uh, yeah, there's just more content. Yeah. So it's kind of hard to say. And I also don't want to say too much because obviously Matt's not seen the I Clone want to spoil Wars. all of it for <laughs> and ruin his entire experience. You know, we were so good with Rebels not spoiling stuff. So, uh, but yes, uh, before we delve on to Math, because this was his first time uh, watching this, um, and he was actually the first of all of us to watch it on this go, let's go to Dave. So Dave, obviously we know from previous conversations that uh, you love the prequels and you think they're better than the original trilogy. So did this line <laughs> up <laughs> to the did the Clone Wars movie line up and did you do you see this in the cinema or did you watch it when I first talked to you about Clone Wars when did you first see this no so I, I watched it in recent years so mm. probably 2019-ish or something like that pre-pandemic um, and I'd seen it around and I'd heard you know people talk about Clone Wars this and Clone Wars that so I thought right gonna bite the bullet gonna watch it Okay, so I had a look and, uh, you know, see all the seasons and it's like, all right, well, but it starts with the movie. Let's see what this is all about then, because everyone's going nuts about it. And I watched it and by God, it, it was terrible. And and it, it's funny, I had a slightly different experience this time, but I went in with fairly high expectations and yeah, they, they just weren't met at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a well, weird one. It's, it's, I have to say, it wasn't quite as bad this time no. uh, as a positive. Yeah, I found that as well. I think it's because we've been telling math for the last probably year and a bit that it's one of the worst <laughs> things ever. And then it's actually, it's definitely one of the worst on-screen things I've seen, but it's 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 not the worst. I think Star Wars Resistance, which is a series we will not be tackling on the show, I'm afraid, friends. Uh, we'll tackle Tales of the Jedi in the future, Bad Batch. We are not tackling Resistance. I, I I had to try watch Resistance four times, and I kept giving up. And this is in recent years as well, when I was doing, uh, obviously, when I've been doing Star Wars comics in canon, so I really had to push for that. The only way I got through it is by watching episodes on the iPad while I did the dishes. That was the only time I was like, this is enough of my time to be using up doing it. I couldn't just sit down and watch it. Um, but fortunately, we're not here to talk about that. Um, but yeah, the Clone Wars movie, I'll quickly say before we um, go into Math's thoughts, is although it is the thing everyone starts with, as they should, because it you know introduces Ahsoka, chronologically speaking, and this is a thing that's quite annoying about the Clone Wars, it's not the first thing in the Clone Wars. There's actually like two episodes, one in season one and one in season two or three, that chronologically takes place before the Clone Wars movie. Um, and there's some people online who watch the Clone Wars in uh, chronological order. And it is a massive, massive pain because the first two seasons, it's like four episodes from season one, one episode from season two, two episodes from season one, one episode from season three. And it's just back and forth like that for like ages. You can see Megan, she's already yawning. She's getting tired of just talking of the chronological order. And so that's not what we're going to be doing in Clone Wars conversations. I mean, I will be yawning a lot because I'm tired. I know, that's but... why you got a nice, <laughs> nice strong coffee. Um, but math, for all this time, we've been going on about how rubbish the Clone Wars movie is. What was your first experience? You're the vessel here. You're the reason that we rewatched this, Math. So it's your fault. Uh, oh. What did you think of it all? <laughs> it wasn't that bad. Um, I think because you guys have been saying, you know, especially Megan's vegan, it's horrible. <laughs> it's horrible. I don't want to watch it. it. I think I kind of had that in my mind thinking, oh, this this is going to be a bit bad. But you'd also mentioned that it's in more younger kids. So I sat down with George to watch it now i will say he got about halfway through he got bored and we had to play on the floor with his toys whilst i was still watching but it wasn't that bad i can see where there's issues and reading afterwards seeing that it was meant to be like four different episodes 
that makes sense. And I think that would probably work better. They obviously thought, stick it in the film, stick it in the cinema, make a load of money. And maybe maybe that hurt it, doing it that way. But me watching this time, I can that there's issues and there are certain times where it kind of gives you characters and it's like, who's that? Don't know who that is. Yes, I'm sure it'll get explained further down the line, but I think Dave Filoni, he threw a load of stuff in thinking, I want to put this into a film and didn't really give us much context, which I think that's, that's one of the issues with it. But all in all, I actually quite enjoyed it. I thought, if if this is kind of the low point of Clone Wars and it gets better and better, I think I'm going to enjoy the next, you know, several months of watching Clone Wars because it, it wasn't that bad. Now, again, maybe that's because you guys have been saying it's not very good. <laughs> but, you know, it, as I said, George did get a bit bored at times, but I think because, I mean, it's is it nearly two hours long. Yeah, you know, one hour forty-ish, I think. Yeah, you know, trying to get a four-year-old to sit there and watch. You know, it, when we go to the cinema, he'll sit there because he didn't have enough option. And we went and watched Wish. He really enjoyed it. Sat there, but at home, there's other distractions, and it was like Star Wars again. Come on, Dad, <laughs> <laughs> can we watch something else? Uh, but but yeah, I, I, I again, I. I've I've hurt myself by watching things out of order, and that's so obviously Ahsoka appears, and so I can all this is. But then you get a bit of context why she's got snips, and that um, it, it's same as Star Guy and things like that. It, it, so I suppose there's things there. I think ah, that's where that's coming from. So it's filling in the blanks for me. But yeah, I I didn't think it was that bad. Even Stinky was all right. <laughs> It's. I remember in my mind, it was the stinky stuff was much worse than I thought. The stinky stuff went on way longer than it did, and it's it's quite frustrating because obviously we'll get to season one of Clone Wars. You know, obviously after we've done this pod, I imagine we'll all individually start kind of watching it so we can record in January. But what's really frustrating to me personally is there are two episodes in season one of the Clone Wars, um, and they're about General Grievous, and I stand by. They're not only the two best episodes in the whole of season one, they're two of the best episodes in the whole of the Clone Wars. And it's really frustrating because when I saw Revenge of the Sith, I was like, oh, Grievous, he's really interesting. What's he all about? And then you see the Clone Wars coming out. You're like, oh, we're going to get origin stories of Grievous. And you're like, no, no, you don't. You get one episode in Clone Wars series one and that's like it. And it's a brilliant episode. It's so interesting. And I'm like, why, why, why choose these four? Like, I know you've introduced Ahsoka and stuff, but it's just a weird thing where the the you can really feel it's four episodes because there are points where you're like oh it looks like it's gonna finish oh and then it doesn't and it's gonna fit and it felt like really it should have been a three episode arc because it all feels like it's wrapping up and then they go but wait padme and you're like i thought things were almost done and oh no it's a whole other plot line padme and i'm like i mean i like padme as a character and in clone wars it really flushes her out but i'm like where where did this come from is it just because you needed to show padme's in the clone wars it very very bizarre um, but the introduction of Ahsoka is the main thing people talk about in this. It's Ahsoka, Rex, and Asajj Ventress. They're the three uh, main individuals that were introduced in this. Um, so, Megan, the introduction introduction to Ahsoka. When you first saw this years ago, was you didn't really know anything about Ahsoka or anything I like that, I knew nothing did about Ahsoka. Did seeing her in this make... Do you like her in this? or Because a lot of people hated her. Um, I don't think I hate her. She's just young. 
Like and when she, yeah, she's young and annoying. She's she's well, she's a youngling turning into a padawan. Yeah, I think she's about fourteen years old. I think in this, like as someone who works with fourteen-year-olds, like they are annoying. <laughs> <laughs> they are. They can be very like self-entitled and self-righteous. And Ahsoka is just very much that. She's just she's a hormone. She's just a hormonal teenager that's just kind of growing up and is having to deal with also at the same time being part of this like order where there's like a lot of rules and like restrictions and trying to make sure that you're um i don't know what i'm trying to say but like centered yeah yeah and teenagers aren't centered like no and that's not just girls like that's across the board like teenagers are not they're gonna be up and down they're gonna be they're gonna be snippy um (laughs) Like, you know, I, I didn't think she was that irritating when, when we saw Ahsoka come onto the screen, because obviously we've, I've seen so much more content with Ahsoka now. Um, and like, I've seen all of, well, most of the Clone Wars series. Yeah, because Megan hasn't seen all of series one. Mike, like, after, after I got really angry <laughs> about having to watch the movie. I had to Mike, really fight you to try and get you to Mike watch the series. Mike picked the, like, best episodes for me to watch. Um, but, yeah, and Rebels and the Ahsoka series. My first thought when we when I saw Ahsoka come on, because she's one of my favourite characters. When I saw her come on screen, I was like, oh, she's young. Very, very young. I forgot how young she was when she gets introduced. Yeah, yeah. This whole series is really about her growth. Um, I must note, though, that... I mean, George Lucas did have quite a big hand in this. Um, you know, at, at the start of Clone Wars, it was George Lucas and Filoni. And then steadily as it went on, Lucas took more and more of a step back. And Filoni obviously st- uh, took front and centre. But Filoni did direct this. But I feel like, you know, I, you know, I really like the prequels. I think George Lucas has some great ideas, but I would, from what Filoni has done since and what he kind of did with the Clone Wars, especially with obviously other individuals involved, I feel like I'm just going to take the easier route and blame George Lucas for the issues that I have with this (laughs) because all the janky dialogue and there's, there are lots of issues in this. But one of the big things is why is Ahsoka in a crop top? She's a 14-year-old girl, and she wears less clothing than the Twi'lek dancers do in Jabba's Palace in this film. I mean, again, you should see what some of the teenagers now do. <laughs> no, no, she, but she's a monk. She's basically like, you know, a, a magic monk, isn't she? And I'm just like, but when and in the Ahsoka show, when you got the flashbacks of young Ahsoka, they gave her the attire that she wears slightly later on in the season. Because, slightly older Ahsoka, yeah. Yeah, yeah, which I liked. But Dave, your, your first impression of Ahsoka and... Stuff. Yeah, I mean, I was going to bring up that point, to be honest. But, I mean, saying about um, George Lucas, when Math was talking about George getting bored, I was like, oh, right, Math's son George, not George Lucas. <laughs> 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 but, yeah, I think both uh, are probably true. Um, and, and you mentioned there about the four episodes. So I think the fact this movie doesn't adhere to that three-act structure that we're generally used to, in movies, it, it's just weird, and it does feel like daisy chained episodes. I think if it if it did stick to its original idea and and it was four episodes, I, I think it'd have enjoyed it more. And as you said, I, I've come away thinking the stinky stuff had a much bigger part in the movie than it really did, and that was the thing that I remembered. Um, but the other thing was Ahsoka, so super annoying. But it's not just the she's annoying and i agree as a father of teenagers fucking annoying know it all (laughs) 
know everything, you know. <laughs> I know nothing, of course. She's very arrogant but, in the in this film. Hmm. So you, you do expect that arrogance, but it's the fact that she's kind of right with stuff, you know, and she's like teaching almost Anakin and, and Obi-Wan how to be Jedis almost. It's just like, come on. And I, I think we'll see this through all the Clone Wars where, where just the... The swings in the dial of childishness to, you know, real adult themes, talking about the politics and, and manipulation of, of people and systems and um, genocide and all of these things. It's it's weird. There's no middle ground. It's not a sweet spot of, okay, this is what it is. It, it just completely swings from one to the other. But the over-sexualization I didn't realize she was supposed to be 14, but ultimately that crop top is just sexualizing her. So I, I just, everything. yeah, I, I, it was off putting. I think, I think it was, it was wrong. I mean, I, I'm like, why the hell would you do that? And I think, I, I, I think Filoni's based her mannerisms and stuff a bit on Leia and how Leia would be as well. So I if she's got something for, slave layer or something but um yeah it was it was off for me yeah yeah there was there were issues what about you math what were your kind of obviously as you said earlier you knew ahsoka kind of backward you started with her in basically mandalorian and book of boba fett then rebels then ahsoka and now back to clone wars i mean to be fair it's how star wars normally works you kind of get the middle first yeah and then you kind I mean, of dot you around. Know, why do it in order and that, that, that's just <laughs> that's foolish um I, I've got, I mean, Hilly's 18 now. Uh, so I've been through the 14 year olds. Um, and yes, the crop top's a weird choice, but at the same point, controversial, it's the right choice because I've had a 14 year old daughter who wants to be dressed in like an 18, 19, 20 year old. So they do kind of do that. Ahsoka, in a way, she's like a three character. She's, she's trying to be a Padawan. She's also trying to be this great, you know, kind of Jedi as well. And she's also a teenager. So there's kind of a few few faces to her. And she's put with not Obi-Wan as, as everyone thinks she's going to be at the start, with Anakin. Anakin's only, what, 18, 19? 19, yeah. Yeah. So he's still immature. He's still learning. So you've got two teenagers to a certain degree. And, you know, she's probably looking up to him. She's, she knows of him. So she's trying to kind of do that. Oh, you know, I've got to, I've got to make sure I do everything right. I've got to kind of show up a little bit. So it, it does kind of work. It's frustrating because you do kind of look at it as, yes, yeah, she probably shouldn't be in a crop top and that. But at the same point, that's kind of what 14 year olds try to do. They try to be older and, and, and through the film, I mean, she's right a lot of the times. And, th and this is where Anakin's wrong, because he won't listen. And that's that's his that's his downfall at the end of the day. He's too arrogant. Um, but to be fair, Obi-Wan's a bit like that as well. In, in fact, most of the Jedi are like that. <laughs> you know, the biggest downfall is the fact that they, they think they're better than anything else. 
Well, it's literally why the Jedi stopped. Yeah, it's <laughs> now Palpatine won, it's isn't like it? You've got Mace Windu, who's like the biggest dickhead of them all. Literally the downfall of the Jedi. Yeah, Megan is not a oh. fan of Mace Windu. I mean, Mace Windu. He is a knob. <laughs> he's so fucking arrogant. It, it, it's amusing. The guys that are meant to be in charge and in control and be the top top guys, a bit, you know, it's like the British government, are bloody useless. Um, it, and then. Watching it, watching uh, Palpatine, he's he's so above and so more intelligent than anybody else. Uh, being a hundred steps in front of things, you know this thing with with Stinky. Whichever way it went, he was going to win, and you know that, that's kind of such. A, you know, he's the kind of bad guy that I've got a lot more respect for now. Actually, what going through and watching all these re-watching stuff and watching the Clone Wars movie and obviously I'm going to get into it more it, he he's so clever and he, he's not a brute force kind of guy he, he's more behind the scenes playing pulling these little threads to kind of get the end goal and even at the end of it all when we finally get to you know the last Star Wars, uh, Star Wars film he's still he's not entirely lost and well uh, Somehow Palpatine returned. Well, yeah. <laughs> Somehow JJ couldn't think of an idea. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, but, it, go ahead, sorry. But, but yeah, you know, as I say, I, th- I think Ahsoka, yeah, she's very young, she's very naive, she's very, but again, she's just trying to build herself up. She's trying to show that she should be there. She's trying to prove a point. Um, and it, I can see why it might put people off. I suppose having know what she turns into I kind of probably giving her a bit more of a, a pass than that but yeah I, 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 I've, I've enjoyed her um, yeah and and in, in the Ahsoka series um, in the, the flashbacks that you get in probably the highlight of the whole series is that middle episode in the um, World Between World stuff is in when she goes back with Anakin the first time is the Battle of Christophersis which is when they meet and then the next one is the Battle of Teth which is also in this as well um, there are rumours flying around about them making a couple of live-action Clone Wars movies, and I'm like, please, for the love of God, don't. <laughs> I, I beg, I beg, I'm, I don't want them retreading old ground. I hear people online going, oh, these books, these books would be so good to adapt into films. No! <laughs> Read the books, watch the films, original stuff, okay? I've got so much Star Wars content, I want it all to be either original or at least different perspectives. Rehashing stuff is... Not what I want. Um, but going to you, Dave, is there any sort of, with this movie, is there stuff you did like about it? Are there any highlights you want to go on to? I, I think the first episode, if I call it that, when they meet, uh, as annoying as Ahsoka is, again, I, I kind of had that same mentality going into it, probably as Megan, like, oh, fuck's sake. <laughs> right, let's do this. Come on. And actually, like, the first half hour or so, it's like, you know what, apart from Ahsoka being a bit annoying, but it's actually pretty cool. And it, it's interesting, the battles that you just mentioned that I've forgotten already, the, the fact that you saw them in the Ahsoka series and you see, you know, the familiar setting and everything, it's like, oh, it's like, you know, the opposite of the, the homage, the way, the way you would watch it in chronological order. So that was quite cool. And yeah, sort of, I, I looked at the, where we were on the, on the, timer and it was like I say it was about halfway through and I'm like you know what I might have had this movie wrong <laughs> I think there are some really good bits in it and again 
I think if if there were four individual episodes, you would probably say maybe three out of the four are really strong, and then the whole Jabba the Hutt stinky thing, yeah, a bit crap. But you could write that off quite easily. It'd be it'd be consistent with the Clone Wars first couple of seasons, really, wouldn't it? The where, where you say brilliant, yeah, not so good, average. So yeah, I, I actually enjoyed it a lot more this time. And I was able to compartmentalize the bits that I didn't like. I think the I think it was a mistake to make it a movie. I think it just overblew expectations. Probably made George a few more quid though, I guess. But um yeah, I think they'd have worked much better as episodes. I think the the animation, you know, gets better, doesn't it? through Clone Wars, so it's a little bit jarring to go back and, and see this. But yeah, it was good. I think the the fact you've got the, the likes of Christopher Lee, Samuel L. Jackson in there doing the voices was, was good. Mm. Um, you know, getting to meet Rex for the first time, I forgot you know, spoilers, but we meet him lots of, lots of other times as well. I think that was all good. So yeah, but overall just really I quite enjoyed it quite a bit more this time around. Yeah, there's one thing you mentioned there is um, you mentioned the voice acting, as in with Christopher Lee and Samuel Jackson, and unfortunately they do not return um, <laughs> in the Clone Wars uh, series, probably because they would cost more than the budget for the animation. <laughs> Just like you know, they they do not return. But there there are a few people we get. Um, Ian McDermott pops up in I think the final series or something like that. There's there's times in which Palpatine isn't voiced by Ian McDermott, and there's times he is, and I can't remember exactly uh, when and where, but. I think the voice actors of this do such a good job for the most part, but there's just one or two scenes where there's dialogue feels really choppy and unnatural. And I think that I didn't realize this until a few years ago that the majority of voice acting is all done completely separately. And like even nowadays, like the Bad Batch um, series, which obviously Math hasn't seen, but it's, you know, a group of clones and an individual who's different. The individual who's different is voiced by one individual and all the clones are voiced by D. Bradley Baker who voices Rex and all the clones in the Clone Wars. And we saw them at Star Wars Celebration interact and they're like, oh, it's so great to see you again. Yeah, we've only met like twice before because they record everything separately, even though the Bad Batch has like two voice actors almost for the entirety of it. And it, it bothers me a little bit because it's like, I understand scheduling and all this kind of other jazz, but I'm just like, there's certain times where I think dialogue, it just benefits so much more when you... You can really bounce off each other. And I think there's that thing of, it sounds like I'm saying this thing and now I am saying this thing. And now I am saying this thing rather than, you know, there's no overlap. There's no, it's almost like someone's put the exact like half a second gap between one, like Ahsoka's dialogue and then Anakin's it, for, for there's one or two scenes where it's exactly like that. And it really feels like they're not together. It, it would work better if, if they did talk over each other, like a, like a conversation would go instead of like you say, you know, because the the reading it, and like you say, they're not bouncing off each other. You, you can kind of feel that it, it feels like a script being read. Uh, can I can I get a bit audio engineer geeky here? I'll go off on a little bit of a tangent. So this is ultimately how a lot of bands did it back in the day, and and I think you'll find that most kind of voice acting is done, even if they're physically in the same building you're going to be in different booths because you want to make sure that you can EQ and, and isolate that one voice and you don't want the bleed from everything else. Now, 
what is super interesting the single that's just come out a few weeks ago from the beatles was taken from an old john lennon just a, a regular mic recording him playing on the piano and for years you couldn't do anything with that because it would just sound shit you know when you hear proper recorded music you can hear each instrument and that's because they're all individual and then it's brought together and it sounds like the band are playing together whereas actually they weren't they were recording all their bits sort of separately again if you watch like uh was it get back the documentary and stuff like that you you can see that that they did get back together and but then they still had that problem with bleed from the other mics coming through so you couldn't isolate that but what they did from that john lennon tape they were able to use ai to essentially isolate john lennon's vocals and the piano then they recorded the piano separately but because they were able to isolate that voice then they could EQ that on its own. And then, you know, McCartney and George Harrison back in the 90s added their bits. They more recently put more strings on and stuff. So you have this single, you know, which stars the lead vocals of someone who was shot in 1980. It's fucking bonkers. So I wonder, because you've got that technology, maybe moving forward, I don't think immediate change takes a long time to, to really adapt, uh, adopt technology like that. But maybe you will start to see people more recording at the same time. That's because like I say, it's, it's yeah, it, it'll take a while because all the systems and everyone's used to work in that way. But I agree the the voice acting is a bit choppy, but I think that's more in the editing, mm. you know, and, and you must do it in the audio as well. Like if you if you obviously we're on Zoom. I don't know if you have the separate tracks. I do. Yeah, I always yeah. I always individually do the tracks. Yep. If there's ever a point if there's lag or someone talking over someone else and they're both yeah, yeah. Point, I do just move them yep. apart or put them together. So so even if even if they were apart, you know, you could have edited it better to make it sound as if they were slightly talking over each other because you just drag drag the one track under don't you so i think it's the editing as opposed yeah. to the voice acting yeah i agree because the voice acting at points sounds amazing um and i'll say that with peter jackson's technology as you mentioned about the beatles thing is phenomenal and i'm not the biggest fan of the beatles obviously they're phenomenal as a band what they did but when i listen to their music i'm like yeah that's pretty good like i'm not i'm not a diehard beatles fan but i listened to that new track and i was like this sounds brilliant you know as you say considering uh lennon died over 40 years ago and you listen to it yeah. you know, this sounds so good and peter jackson obviously invested a lot of money and time into developing that software i think you've got a, a really good idea there uh, dave but for me i just thought this might be oversimplification but for me if i was to do uh, voice acting especially if there's only one or two people as opposed to an ensemble voice cast because then it becomes near impossible is i would just almost have it where you've got two people in separate booths that are all sound moved but you've just got one like um almost plexiglass window between them where they're kind of facing each other so you can kind of see you're just looking at each other's eyes and you're kind of having that back and forth you both got headphones on you can hear each other I wondered if that could have been a potential, but as mm -hmm. we develop through, obviously with this, the, the cast, there's actually quite a few people. I think there's 20 odd individuals. And throughout the Clone Wars, there's lots of guest stars that pop up and other things that happen. So it is interesting. And what did you make? Were you bothered by the, the voice acting or anything, or does it not really phase you? Didn't phase me. Do you think that Anakin and Obi-Wan, because the people who are Christopher Lee and Samuel Jackson, do you think they did a good job of replicating characters we knew from live action? 
I don't think about stuff like that. I literally just watch it. So you um, didn't even bother you. So clearly shows how well it was done. Uh, yeah. I mean, I just thought this film was boring. Well, yeah, you were like halfway through. You were like, God damn, is this only halfway through? Because it was just dragging. Yeah, it did drag. I, I, I don't, I don't notice stuff like this. Like we've been in other podcasts where people go like into the intricacies of the voice acting and stuff. And I'm, I don't, it's not something that I notice. Hmm. I'm just like, oh, it's just people speaking. But that's good though, because like you're the you're. I mean, most people don't know about these kind of things, so you, you're actually quite good for your perspective on that. It does quite work quite well. Yeah, I mean, if it's janky, then I'll probably notice it. But mm. ultimately, I like I. Of if you were to play me a clip and then play, so if you were to play me two separate clips and one of them was a good example of a voice actor and the other one was a bad example of a voice actor or a like just a bad example of voice acting or editing or whatever i probably obviously would be able to pick out the differences but otherwise to me it's just someone speaking i i don't hear it's not something that i listen out for mm. i don't really notice it and did you when you like did you think obi-wan and anakin sounded like obi-wan and anakin they just sounded like the people from the Clone Wars. So do you, do you not... Do it's you, the same actor. It's the same voice actor, isn't it, for the whole series? Yeah, yeah but I mean, like, obviously so Ian McGregor's not... I no, mean, I, I know that. So I'm saying, do you think they sounded like their live-action counterparts? Well, kind of, but I've also seen the whole of the Clone Wars. Yeah. So for me, it sounds like Anakin and Obi-Wan in the Clone Wars. <laughs> like, mm. do you know what I mean? Like, uh, I, I already associate those voices with those characters. Mm. So for me, it doesn't matter whether or not they sound like Obi-Wan or Anakin. I think they sound-ish like them. They don't sound completely different for me to be like, oh, that's that's not them. But I already recognise the voices because I've already watched the entire series. And technically, we've when you've seen all of the Clone Wars, you actually hear more of the voice actors of Obi-Wan and Anakin. Well, yeah, this is the thing. I, I've heard their voices more than I have... Hayden Christensen, Hayden Christensen and Ewan McGregor. So, you know. Yeah. it's What about you, Mav? What did you think of it? Because obviously this was quite new for you in that regard. Yeah. I, I think it comes down to how much the voice actor is invested in the role. You you have... I mean, whether people are like this stuff. Samuel Jackson is Samuel Jackson. You can tell it's him. But, but it, 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 it does kind of sound like he's phoning it in a little bit. But uh, Matt Lanto's playing Anakin. I, I, I quite liked it. I, I mean, Hidden Christian, it's great that we got him back. It's great that, you know, they've been a big thing about it all. But he has only been in the, th- well, he's only been in two of the films and then the series. So, so we've only actually had him a little bit. Uh, this guy, who, who's obviously we're going to do eight seasons of Clone Wars, he's taken that on. Now, I think he sounded all right in this. Um, Ask me eight seasons down the line what I think of him. Um, but it, there is the points where it, it does kind of feel like they are just reading the scripts. They're not actually in the scene. But then there's other points where uh, I think when Obi-Wan's kind of... Um, he's, he's battling the droids and he's telling Rex, Rex to go that kind of gels a lot better together. I think it's more when there's a lot of action going on, you can kind of get pulled into the story more. So you, you invested. Whereas when it's just two characters just having the dialogue, it's a little bit more noticeable. The fact that, you know, so we are going to go this way, you know, it, it, but again, I think maybe that's just down to the editing. It's just that little bit. If they'd have bled it together, having that conversation, 
might work a bit better. But oh, you know, I, I, you've got three big, big actors from Star Wars in there. Like you say, if you were to try and employ everybody to come and do the voice, it would not have made any money. No. And that they couldn't afford it. And it's odd they chose Samuel Jackson as well, considering he does almost nothing in the whole film. Like, like <laughs> Mace Windu has some pretty cool moments in Clone Wars. I won't spoil them, but he does have some cool... Because, I mean, Mace Windu, he's probably the it, worst it, Jedi, as in because of what he what he caused, and you see it getting worse over the Clone Wars and what he did in Ranger the Sith and Anakin, etc. But in this film... Mace Windu essentially has, I think he has about 15, 20 lines of dialogue. And he's is it one of those things where um, Forrest Whitaker, he comes back and does the voice of uh, Sora Gorilla? Yeah, but he doesn't in the Clone Wars. Didn't, all right, I, th- I thought he, okay. No, it's someone I, completely different. And then right. Rogue One happened when Rebels was on, and then he's done everything. There's one yeah. voice actor for young Saul Guerrero, and then there's mm. uh, Forrest Whitaker who does it for everything else. I would say because he was in Rebels, wasn't he? It was because yes. uh, I wondered whether maybe because it was this, it was Star Wars, it was like, I'll come and do it. And don't worry about a massive fee. Uh, you know, maybe Samuel Jackson, like, you know, he's just come off the high of, you know, being a, being a Jedi. He still wants to kind of be part of it. He may not have, you know, demanded a big paycheck. Mm. And that, and especially if it was only a small, small role that he had to do. You know, he could probably knock that out in a couple of days. If and not like, an just, afternoon, to be honest with you, I think. Yeah. Probably minimum amount of time, but you can put his name on the on the title card, can't yeah. you? Yeah. That's probably it. Is it same as Christopher Lee? Uh, as, you know, he's, he's in it, but he's not like forced into it in this, is he really? Um, Who's I that? Think, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think in Clone Wars, he's a. A major part, yes, what. yeah, but it's not Christopher Lee, but yeah, he is a major part yeah. in Clone Wars. But again, maybe it is a case of we get these name actors, we can put it on the poster, and people are going to go, We're going to come and see, we, you know, we want to see these actors. So, you know, I, I think the one, the one boy who Anthony Daniels, you know, yes, he's CPO, but he. he CPPO, to be fair, if anything, as I'm watching these again, he's getting more and more annoying. He's getting to be the <laughs> character that I'm oh, just you liking. <laughs> Great. I, I think the problem is because I've seen other droids, which I've enjoyed a lot more. AP5? Yeah, AP5. Okay, just... okay, the snake bot in, in Rebels. <laughs> you know, just... the, the protocol droid, who's like the grumpy one that you said this has Alan Rickman. Oh, yeah. He's yeah, the best. Yeah, yeah. He's Marvin the, the paranoid android. Yeah. <laughs> you know, again, I've been reading the comics, Triple uh, Zero. If we had someone like that, you know, there's more to him. C3PO is just like, it just feels like we'll throw him in there because everybody knows him. Mm-hmm. It's like, I, I, I don't, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this was almost like, let's just cram as many people in as possible. Although I will say, um, Tom Kane, who did the voice for Yoda, I think he smashed it. Um, I think, although I've, I've, the more I hear Yoda in audiobooks, you realise how many people can actually do the voice really well. I think everyone thinks they can do a good Yoda voice, and most people can't. Um, but I think Tom Kane does a great job. And you obviously mentioned uh, Matt Lanter, who does Anakin Skywalker. And I just want to mention James Arnold Taylor, who does Obi-Wan. And I think most of the time he does it really well. And I think, yeah, as the series goes on, when you get more and more hours of it, you really hear them getting to the roles a lot more. And I, I, 
there is a criticism online which is the Anakin we see in Clone Wars is quite different to the Anakin we see in on screen. Yeah, he's a little whiny little bitch. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And also he's, he's he's so much more likable in the Clone Wars series than he is on film. Yeah, Sam Padme. But it, uh, uh yeah, 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 yeah. It's same as the it's like Obi-Wan in um Phantom Menace. Hmm. He's a little bit more kind of not, I wouldn't say lively is the right word, but the way he delivers his dialogue is a little bit better. Whereas you then go to uh, technical clones, and he's a he's a lot more kind of making haste. So, kind of clones Obi Wan. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I'm your teacher. I'm going to and he he kind of he directs it. He doesn't de- he doesn't deliver it in a way to kind of discuss it with you. He just directs it. Yeah. In this again, I felt he was very much kind of that you know old headmaster mm. of how he's do you, do you not think though i mean obi-wan was a padawan in the first movie wasn't he and then this responsibility is thrust on him and then you must know people from work who get promoted above their station and then think they're bertie big bollocks and then you know <laughs> I, I think that's possibly obi-wan i, I think you're 100 right i think that's the thing he's seen Unfortunately, he's seen his master to get killed, but he's seen his master be that way. So that's how he thinks he needs to be because he's not been taught that. And, and we kind of get Anakin is a little bit like that with Snips, with Ahsoka. I'm calling her Snips already. Um, <laughs> at, at, at certain points, he's like, no, you must do as, you, do as I say kind of thing. Um, whereas in the Ahsoka series, you see that more of a kind of, a give and go between them, which mm. is, you know, through eight seasons of Clone Wars, I'm sure we're going to get to that point. Yeah, I know. did find that quite jarring in the movie where he's like, no, I don't want a Padawan. And then he's suddenly like, oh, well, this is what you need to do if you're going to be my Padawan. And I was like, you literally like two seconds ago said that you didn't want to have one. And now you're <laughs> acting all fucking high and mighty. Like, piss off. But that's like when you go to the kid, you know, oh, oh. Sometimes you go to your partner, do you want any chips? No. Okay. Now I want your chips. You know, it, <laughs> it's, <plan>. uh, <laughs> it tastes, tastes it's better off rude. the other plate. Yeah. yeah. It, it's <laughs> Everything of, tastes nummier when it's free. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't want that responsibility. Well, hang on a minute. This is actually quite fun being able to boss her around. Mm. I do want this responsibility. So you can do, you know, I can kind of, I can try show that I am, again, you know, like Ahsoka's trying to show that she's ready to become a Jedi. You know, to be this Padawan and kind of move up, Anakin's kind of taking it on as well. Like, look, you know, I'm a, I'm a lot more better than what you are. You know, we have it in Attack of the Clones, Megan's favorite film, um, <laughs> where he gets frustrated at Obi Wan and he's like, "I'm better than him." He has that arrogance, you know, and so kind of taking on the Padawan kind of gives him that kind of look. I am ready for this. I am ready to be better than any of you are. Hmm. I will say with um, Anakin in this, Anakin is the main character that shines in, in the Clone Wars, I'd say. Like, Ahsoka obviously is introduced, so she's really cool. Obi-Wan 
in the Clone Wars, he's kind of nicknamed like Sassy Obi Wan by people outside the <laughs> universe because he is so. You get a little bit of it with Ventress in this, but Obi Wan and Clone Wars, my, my Funko Pop of Obi Wan, my favorite Obi Wan, as much as I love you, McGregor, is Clone Wars Obi Wan. And there's so many episodes where he is so sassy because now that Anakin's no longer below him, they're basically even because a few weeks before the movie, he Anakin got promoted to Jedi Knight along with a batch of other prospective Padawans, and so he's only been a, a fully fledged Jedi maybe for a, a couple of months, if that. And the, the power dynamic really does shift. And once, once Obi-Wan can kind of play around a bit, I think Obi-Wan in the Clone Wars is so fun. Mm -hmm. He's so much fun. And I really, really like that. I like their dynamic and stuff. And, but I want to ask Dave, just out of interest, because I know obviously you're not the biggest fan of the prequels. Do you think this film is, is worse than the prequels out of interest? Like as a watch? Yes. I think the, the prequels that we've gone back and watched are incredibly lumpy. You know, they, they've, they've got great moments. I think I said with both of them that if you edited it differently, you'd possibly get a much better, tighter movie. You know, and then you get this nonsense, the fucking pair and stuff like that. So, oh you know, I, I do feel like there, there were some really good moments in both movies. This is, I, I think you just have to lower your expectations. Uh, everything about it is, is lower quality. Um, but well, I say that I think the sound effects were really good. I think the sound design, the um, the actual ships, you know, the the machinery and stuff looked good. Um, but yeah, so so I would say it is worse than mm. the prequels. Yeah, I, I although the Clone Wars, um, again, I won't spoil anything, but the 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 finale of the Clone Wars, I think, is better than almost all prequels, and I'd argue it's better than almost all Star Wars. It's well, I, I do think the cinema. Yeah, I do. I mean, we'll, we'll it'll be interesting because I've only watched it the once, so mm. to go back I've through it, it again. Yeah, and I, I, but I do genuinely feel like when we get to the series, the Clone Wars series makes the prequels better. Yeah, and I, uh, as uh, as Megan said, there, you know, Anakin in the in the movies, you know, just a, a whiny little bit. Hey, Hayden Christensen's in particular, whereas here he's much more kind of relatable and you understand it a lot more, even, even from this movie, but then definitely when we get into the series. So that, that is the thing. It, the, watching this for the first time gave me a different appreciation for the prequels. I think it's interesting because it, it's the, the Clone Wars, is that set up for like three to four years? Yeah. Three, three years or so between Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, Attack of the sure. Clones is like when it starts, the Battle of Geonosis. And then, uh, when they kill Grievous and Dooku, that's when the Clone Wars essentially ends. Yeah. Cause it, it, it feels a bit strange. You've got eight seasons to kind seven, of Seven, sorry. Oh, seven seasons. Sorry. Um, split into three years where there's, in a way, I suppose if you, before this came out, there wasn't an awful lot. I don't think really happened there between. And obviously, you know the way that you guys talk about saying how good it is, I kind of think they are, this is a problem with Star Wars. It's always been a problem because of him starting at four, five, six. You're so kind of limited to what you can and can't do, mm -hmm. and that because there's a story out there. So it's not like you know with Anakin. End of the day, throughout all of this, I know at no point Anakin is ever really going to be in any trouble. Same as Ahsoka, same as Palpatine. Same. There's so many characters throughout this that 
there's there's no what's the word? There's no stakes uh, really. No, in, no in stakes certain so. ways. So, it, it, but from what you guys have said, how good that is. They're obviously there's good story there. It's just they're so kind of shack, shackled to what they can do. This is why, like when we've said before. You know, take some different Star Wars, you know, take High Republic or something like that, something that people don't know about, but they're aware of the the universe and kind of give us that. So then we don't know what's going to happen. You know, we, we've got Rebel Moon coming out um, in a few weeks' time. Now, I know that's not Star Wars as such. It's Zack Snyder's Star Wars. Yeah. Um, I'm really looking forward to it. So one of the reasons is because we've been on such a high with Star Wars, but it's a story that I don't know. So, mm. and I've heard the creator's really good. I know that's not Zack Snyder, but I know Jack, for example, he says lots of people really like that. I, I am not a massive fan of it. I think, uh, I forgot what his name. Um, Denzel Washington's son. I, I felt that he, he's a good actor, but I think that. It wasn't very good in the film itself. The film's okay, uh, but I do hear everybody else is kind of raving about it. So maybe I'm just wrong. It might might be a rewatch kind of thing, because I think sometimes when you get big sci-fi epics, rewatches make it better. Um, Mm. But I did want to ask, Megan, because you weren't here for the Attack of the Clones chat, Mm. (laughs) which, you know, I know it's your favourite film. Yeah, no, I had parents' evening, sorry. And also you had the wisdom tooth out, like, a day before. Oh, yeah. And you were knackered, so it was like, yeah, you weren't just bailing. It was like, I mean, funnily enough... Which was worse? (laughs) The tooth or Attack of the Clones. Um, Or the the parents' evening. um, But with, with Attack of the Clones, like, some of the issues that you had with that, like... Do you find that some of the issues you have with that are the same in Clone Wars, or like what's your kind of what are the issues you had in Attack of the Clones, and how is Clone Wars somewhat different? Well, my main think? issue with Attack of the Clones is this: it's just shit. Like, <laughs> but you love the pear. I fucking hate the pear. Stop playing with your food, you little prick. Just eat your pear. That's not a fucking party trick. You're not impressing anyone by peeling a pear. Like, we're cutting a tiny bit off with a knife. Such a dick. The um, bottom bit. The bottom bit, I have the to best add. Bit of the, pair. the the literally the the, the <laughs> stalky horrible bit. <laughs> I I like I've said this so many times, and I've probably said it on podcasts. I, I can't remember at this point. Like I know that Ewan McGregor is a good actor. I like Ewan McGregor. He's he's a very good actor in the clone um, in Attack of the Clones. He's shit because the the dialogue is crap. The script isn't very good. Like there's so many things wrong with that movie. What was your original question? What was the question? The issues you have with Attack of the Clones. Why? Because you, you really enjoy the Clone Wars, and obviously you're not a fan of Attack of the Clones. What is it about Clone Wars that does that Attack of the Clones failed at? The thing that I like about the series of the Clone Wars is that it flushes out more characters. So, like, again, I, I don't want to say too much because I don't want to spoil it for math, but there's characters that I, in films, am not fussed by because... I I kind of somewhat see them as redundant, really. There's no depth to them. There's no depth to them. Whereas they are way more involved and there's so much more backstory to them. Like, I I can't stand Anakin. I fi- like I prefer, to be honest, in comparison to the Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones, I prefer young Anakin. I, ca- mm. I can't stand... Jake Lloyd. Hayden Christensen's Anakin in Attack of the Clones because he's such a whiny little bitch. Like, 
And I know that's just a Skywalker trait because they're all fucking whiny. You're not a fan of Luke. I'm not not a fan of Kylo. They're all fucking whiny. (laughs) Like, they're like, yeah, I, I much prefer, yeah, young Anakin to, to Hayden Christensen's Anakin in Attack of the Clones because I just, I can't, there's so many things that I can't stand about the dialogue and the script. And I think just the direction of how, like, as, as I can't remember who said it, but it's very like, start and go and chop and change like again with like um with Ewan McGregor I know I know that he's a good actor but I don't think he's very good in Attack of the Clones whereas in the Clone Wars again like you just find more in-depth information about the characters and it does add way more to like the prequels even padme like padme and anakin when you see again the relationship we don't really get to see it in but, here right yeah but, but even with padme like again i don't want to say too much but like her going like from this like badass like independent woman in the first movie to like oh i'm gonna wear this disgusting pearl dress and flirt with this like person who i'm not supposed to flirt with to suddenly like oh woe is me i'm in the third movie now and i barely do anything aside from be pregnant and die but like there's so much more to her in she was better when she was in the arena when oh she yeah, in Attack of the Clones, she, when she, she got sliced and, and then got like semi naked, but <laughs> and that's you know. what we. Funny, she <laughs> well, didn't listen to the podcast with us to clarify. She didn't listen to that, and yeah. we we spoke but, for ages about that part. What about her? Her the, the rip, her and just, rip, and just her midriff showing. So unnecessary. But, but that's the thing. Although there's issues there, you see a better version of Padme. Whereas when you see the bit where that is, it's like I mean. I think the bit where they're in the field, it just shows Anakin is more creepy than what he ever should really be. <laughs> Low-key you know? fascism. But it also yeah. just shows that... I can't Pad- use mind tricks on you. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> and it also shows that Padme just has nothing to her in the third movie. Because, like, there's red flag after red flag. Like, even, it, is it is it attack? No. It's the third movie when he, like, goes and kills all the sand people. No, second movie. Oh, it isn't the second, second one. Yeah, and, and, he and, he's, says, and he's like, oh, I killed them. I killed them all. The men, the, the women, and the children. And she's yeah. like, oh, yeah, crack on. That's great. Let's get married. It's like, oh, no. That's not okay. That's not okay. Especially because she's such, like, a, a rights activist for, like, aliens and other species. She's always, like, her whole thing is, like... She's actually in the Clone Wars. We get to see it, and you see it a bit in uh, even like scenes. from the beginning. She's trying to stop Palpatine getting too much power. Oh, She's trying to stop a- like her and Mon Mothma. Like Mon Mothma was not quite mentored by um, by uh, Padme, but Padme and Mon Mothma are very similar in a lot of ways. Mm. And if Padme had survived, she would become essentially Mon Mothma. Mon Mothma and Padme and Bail Organa all challenging Palpatine. There's some deleted scenes in Attack of the Clones which are canon, and we see them having meetings, being like. Palpatine has too much power. If we don't stop this, he's going to take over. We need to figure this out. They're all—they're the only people keeping up with Palpatine. And then you go, yeah, I just killed like women and children of this alien species that are clearly sentient. And she's like, all right. That's like, okay, this is a problem. Um, but in the Clone Wars movie, we get to see again. Although I feel like her episode's kind of tacked on and it, it doesn't... It, it feels very abrupt, but it yeah. does show that her and Anakin have a relationship because as soon as they say that Anakin's like somewhere, she's like, Anakin? Oh, oh, no, I don't, oh, no, I don't mean specifically Anakin. Yeah, she's like, <laughs> I mean Master she's Skywalker. Like, oh, no, Master Skywalker. There's nothing going on there. <laughs> she goes, she goes full badass. She goes into a hut's lair by herself 
and basically does all this stuff and it really shows and she's wearing the same outfit that she wears in Attack of the Clones um, or a very similar one because it's not ripped um, and it's like she it really shows there's quite a few episodes in the Clone War series which are quite Anakin and Padme centric mm. and what I think it develops and what it shows is their relationship in the film shows like oh Anakin really loves Padme and Padme loves her back and that's okay oh Anakin's bad but in the Clone Wars it shows that Anakin's a lot more possessive and it shows a lot of the time that Padme can see the good in Anakin and sees that he does mean well but there's one or two episodes where people Padme's known before Anakin come into it and Anakin oh, becomes yeah. such a dick about it. and she even calls him out at one point she's like you're being completely unreasonable he's like you're being unreasonable and it's like no no you, you are actually being a massive dick Anakin and it shows that he's very possessive over her and that's what consumes him in Revenge of the Sith that's what but, takes him to the dark side. But I want to ask uh, with, with Dave. Um, so with what Math said about the stakes um, of uh, the Clone Wars, I think one thing that the Clone Wars, again, w- without trying to say explicitly what happens, A, you get some of the B cat, the, the sort of side characters. You get some Kit Fisto stuff. You get some Plo Koon stuff. Megan loves Kit Fisto. It's his, her, her favorite like side character is Kit Fisto. It made me laugh because the when we when was it when we were rewatching the prequels. So before episode nine, when I had met Mike, I had not seen episodes two and three. Um, so we'd watched like all of them together. And then then I remember watching episode three and Kit Fisto comes on screen and I'm like, yay. And then Mike looked at me and I was like, oh, fuck, this is where he's going to die, isn't it? (laughs) I was like, oh, no. Stab from Palps. But like, there's some side characters that get really interesting stuff. And there's a lot of clone centric episodes, um, which are really good, but. What you find in Clone Wars is A, they add other characters which have actual depth and weight to them and there is that dramatic tension. But I think what Clone Wars does really well and Rebels does it to a degree as well even though Rebels are new characters so you're unsure where they're going to what's going to happen to them is it's not Anakin, Obi-Wan and Ahsoka they are in situations where they're in danger but it's not really as an audience member unless you're essentially a child you're never really that worried they're going to die in that situation but the, the storyline isn't about Anakin Obi on how they're going to get out of this. It's about the turmoil of intergalactic politics and how, again, Palpatine is another star of Clone Wars because you literally see, as you, you very clearly point out, Math, every step of the way, he's playing a game of chess, everyone else is playing checkers. And he's just, he's so beyond everyone. So I want to ask, like, um, Dave as well, your kind of thoughts on that, that idea. Like, with the Clone Wars, how do you kind of describe it being better in certain ways? With with knowing that so many of the characters, you know their fate, like in your opinion. So I don't think Palpatine has to play chess with the Jedi. I think the Jedi are playing Connect Four or something. <laughs> to be honest, I mean, he, he, does, he doesn't have to be that smart. They are useless, aren't they? There are so many clues everywhere, and they're just so blind to it. Um, no, I do. I do like the fact that you've got all the characters there. For me, I don't mind the fact that you know that the people aren't going to die. It's how are these characters, how are these people that we see represented on the screen changing? Mm. And that's what what you do see. And even in this kind of movie, you, you do see a little bit of a change, don't you? It's very much self-contained within the movie or the the four episodes but you you see you know where ahsoka's coming from and then she thaws out a little bit 
Anakin does his 180 on whether he wants a Padawan or not. <laughs> but I think as we get into the series, that that's the bit that I'm looking forward to getting back into again. So I, I, I don't mind the fact that we know people aren't going to die. How are they going to... Uh, I was can do a Jar Jar impression then, but I'm not. Gonna, <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's how how, do they, how they change and how it really does have a lasting impact. It's not just the villain of the week kind of thing, you know. Uh, uh, you come back and the characters are exactly where they were at the last episode. You do see there are, there are things that happen that have an emotional weight that carry forward into the series as well. Mm. And some of the best episodes, in my opinion, um, there's one arc, which I won't say who's in it, but it's the Umbaran arc. Um, it's a very dark arc. There's a certain character with a lot of arms in it. Um, you, uh, Dave knows what I'm about. You would know. I'll mute the mic and I'll I tell know, you. I'm just Googling it. Say it again. Um, Umbaran arc, um, which the main characters aren't even in. And it's, it's one of the best things in Clone Wars. It's one of those episodes where you watch it and you go, this is meant for children. And this is war crimes and cold-blooded murder. And as Dave said, there's genocide. There's political maneuvering about the Republic balancing. Should oh, we... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's that one. And it's like, there's certain things which are like, how the Republic balance. And when Jedi put in a situation where it's like, right, you can save these or these people... And I got angry in this one. You did. Yeah. 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 Um, angry in a good way. Um, Megan gets very emotive when we watch uh, Clone Wars. There's a couple of episodes that will be coming up. Only yeah. one of them I got really mad because I like to predict what is going to happen. And like, fair play to Mike, he doesn't give away if I'm on the right track. Very good poker face. However, there was one part of the series where i predicted what was going to happen but mike said it in a way that made me think that i was completely off course and then what i predicted fucking happened and i was so angry (laughs) (laughs) i was so angry that is correct but math i want to ask you so a character that you've not seen before um is a sarge ventress now she plays a major role in the clone Wars series but in this movie what did you think of her? Like, Who is she? It, 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 this is where I kind of sit sat. They've kind of put a couple of characters in and it's like, who are they? I'm assuming she's an Inquisitor? Uh, no, Inquisitors don't yeah. exist yet. They exist oh, right, okay. after Order 66. Yeah, it, it, she, I don't know. She just... She, she kind of felt like the bad guy of the week. Mm-hmm. Uh, now... I will give credit to Star Wars. This is one thing they are very good at doing is even some of the little side characters and that end up being fan favorites. It's like you've mentioned Kip Fisto. Um, at Comic-Cons, you see plenty of people dressing up as the samurai with the kind of lightsaber umbrella. Mm. Um, They seem to have a, a knack of giving us a character, giving us a little bit about it, and they don't have to push it out too much, and, and fans just kind of jump on it. And, and Boba Fett was the first they did that with, wasn't it? Yeah, it, it, it seems to just work how how they do it. You know, I'm sure there's probably a lot of people out there who, who love Stinky. Um, I don't think there are. If I'm honest, I think it's one of the few characters people. <laughs> the only question you get is, and this is, I guess, it's kind of a spoiler. 
Stinky never shows up and is never mentioned ever again anywhere. There's no Legends content where Stinky is mentioned, or Rotter as his technical, his real name is. He's never in Clone Wars again. He's never mentioned anywhere in canon or Legends ever. And none of us, and people are like, is he going to pop up in live action maybe? who is he? Is he Jabba's son? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But that's his name as Jabba's wife, or the second Jabba the Hulk. Whatever. I don't well, that, know what... that was his cousin. That's the, zero. the fruity no, no, little no, no, cousin, no. you mean? <laughs> no, 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 not um, Zyro. I think oh, it might have actually been in Clone Wars. Uh, it's showing Attack of the Clones. Oh, no, there's a scene where there's two Phantom of them. Menace when they're watching the pod race, mm, isn't it? There's, there's the, yeah, the lady uh, next to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, there, is, there is a mom. Well, yeah, exactly, because yeah. he's got a son somehow. And that. And somehow, that it, Jabba has a son. <laughs> somehow, Rotter returned. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, it, I forgot what the question was. Um, <laughs> so it's basically a Sarge Ventress, but you're talking about like kind of oh, how right, yeah. Styles grabs your intrigue in these smaller characters. Yeah, she just, she kind of, she turned up, but she, she's badass, mm. you know. And she, the thing is, I don't have a question. Why do we have the clones? In what way? Well, Dooku's got the droid army. Mm-hmm. Now, droids are a lot easier to control than what the clones are, surely. Mm-hmm. So, I don't understand why they went. And, and also, clones, you have they have to grow them, and it takes them. I think they can increase the speed, but it's still probably taking like eight, ten years. Yeah, that they've got growth accelerations. They age twice as fast, which is why Rex in Rebels looks like he's sixty when he's actually only about thirty. But surely, it's easier just to make a lot of droids. Yeah, well, this is a this gets discussed again in Clone Wars quite a lot. Of the droids are cheaper, but as you see, and one of my favorite, me and Megan always crack up with some of the droid dialogue. And if you in Fallen Order, yeah, (laughs) we always say Roger Roger to each other in Fallen Order and and Jedi Survivor. You know, you get those things. Some of the best parts when you're sneaking around somewhere, you can hear a couple of droids talking. Yeah. And it's because the B1 battle droid is the one of the cheapest battle droids you can make. And the idea is there you've only got like the the basic capabilities. They're they're so dense they can't comprehend thinking for themselves. They've got almost no personality because they're just they're as cheap as you can possibly get. And then you get super battle droids, the big chunky ones with like almost no head and big shoulders, B2 battle droids. They're pricier, they cost more to make, they're smarter. Then you get a step up from that, they're the BX ones, which I think might be in this. And each, but each droid is almost like one B1 battle droid, the long nose, stupid ones. You can make like 50 to 100 of them for the cost of like one battle droid. And then they've, they're the thing where like a clone is almost worth like essentially 100 B1 battle droids. Like as in, if, if you, like, if you did like a style strategy game, which there are plenty of, that's kind of the idea. And it is that thing where there's a point in Clone Wars where they're talking about how much it's costing to make clones and how much effort it is and there's actually one point where they run out of dna because Django fett's dead and so they're like well, what do we do how do we continue making clones because we're losing them by the thousands and it is that discussion of what would you need them for and it's like it's to fight the droid army which obviously palpatine you know basically orchestrated this in a way to kind of distract everyone while he's kind of doing a lot of stuff behind the scenes but they are. They're very, very costly. There's whole episodes about the banking clan and how the clone army is literally bankrupting the Republic and how they can't send out, like, medical aid off to planets that need them because they need to spend money feeding clones and getting clone armor and the weapons and stuff. And it is, again, a lot of commentary on war and what it does to its people, what it does to the society and all that kind of things. 
Sorry, I'm showing Mike something because I want to say something, but I don't know if it's a spoiler. That is math. Okay, right. I don't think math knows that. Okay, so yeah, okay. Yeah. I, I didn't want to say that out loud in case it was a spoiler, yeah. which it is. So yeah, I think Dave knows what we're hinting at. Um, but again, there, there's there's a lot of stuff at play with the clones. And again, one of my favorite story arcs is a lot of intrigue about the clones and what happens in the the facility on Camino mm. and where they're made and stuff. Um, so it does again. It does get answered. It it's just one of yeah, those things. It, it, it just it, it it seems like you say it, it, it's not cost efficient to do it. It, it no. doesn't make sense. And also, if if like you're saying they, they run out of DNA, what? Why did they just stick with Django? Why didn't they go? Do you know what? Anakin, let's take Anakin. He's one of our best Jedi's at the moment. You know, take well, his the- DNA. I think that's it in the Mando verse and what's shown in uh, the Rise of Skywalker. I think, um, and I think it was the same in Legends. Trying to the force, force sensitivity is you can't replicate that via cloning. Um, and so, for example, Ray's dad, who is obviously Palpatine's son in air quotes, is actually he's a, a, a strand cast. So Palpatine for decades was trying to clone himself. So a lot of the cloning stuff was actually almost Palpatine trying to actually clone and this isn't in the Clone Wars, this is in bits and pieces across the canon in books and stuff but Palpatine's kind of trying to clone, be able to clone four sensitives and he right. does dabble in that and the, the Bad Batch I think hints about that as well but it's like you can't if you clone someone with four sensitivity you, you don't get a four sensitive clone most of the time. Ray's dad uh, Dathan, he's not four sensitive at all He's he's a clone of Palpatine, but he's not force sensitive, so he's just useless to him. And also in Legends, in the Heir to the Empire books, obviously the thing that kind of kickstarted Legends and stuff. In that, there's a character called Sabaoth, and he is a clone of a of another Jedi Master. And in Legends, what they say is when you clone someone with force sensitivity, because the force stuff is so hard to replicate, it turns the people mad. So there's like, you can make a force sensitive clone, but in Legends, it was like, they go insane. They just lose their mind. Um, or in canon, it's more like, it just doesn't work. You make a perfect clone of someone who without force sensitivity, and because they haven't got the force sensitivity, they're not the same person. It's like, it's like cloning someone, but lo- they're losing a whole sight, like a whole sense of theirs in a way. Like if you clone, if you clone someone, you have to grow them from birth, but it's exactly like you math, but you're blind from birth. By the time you get to the age you're at now, just from that difference of not having one of your senses, you'll become a different person, and therefore the cloning process doesn't work. In right. essence, but it's a very big moral question, <laughs> a very big one that gets delved into a bit in Clone Wars, and the morality of it, where clones start to question their own purpose, is is a very again. This is a show for children, <laughs> and it, the talk gets, about existentialism. It does get darker and darker and darker, especially as, as it goes on, as the series go on. Very much so. Um, but we will slowly start to sort of wrap up here. But is there... Um, <laughs> just gone off on a tangent. No, I know. I've been talking about the movie. Well, yeah, <laughs> I, 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 know. I like to. <laughs> no, we won't fully wrap up, but we'll start to. But um, I did want to mention there's one little thing I have to say, which is uh, when Anakin and Ahsoka hide in that box at the start and they hide from the, the droids. Good idea. Okay. Why do they hide dead in the middle of the bridge? There's debris next to them that they can hide next to. And they're like, let's go right in the centre. So let's have loads of droids essentially tripping over this box they're hiding under. And there's little bits like that in this where I'm like, this is a bit prequel era silliness. Um, But aside from that, I I did enjoy this watch a bit more. Uh, I wanted to ask if, Dave, is there anything we haven't yet touched upon that you want to kind of discuss a bit um, in this, either good or bad? 
I'll just say about Stinky, you, you say he hasn't appeared anywhere, but I wonder if he is an early prototype for Baby, baby Yoda. Mm. Like, Grogu could actually be, you know, the, the fully realized version of, of what Filoni was hoping that Stinky would be. Mm. And I actually think he was quite mishandled yeah. quite, a few, quite a bit. It's like child abuse, pretty much. So, uh, yeah, again, I, I didn't. I didn't hate him quite as much, but again, the first time of going into this, I was expecting a movie. I was expecting something to expand that Star Wars universe, and then when I got that, it was just utterly ridiculous, and I just thought, this is not for me. But uh, like I say, overall, I, I definitely enjoyed it more this time, and probably thought I, I probably misrepresented it to math a bit too much it worked you know, though made him like it yeah more. yeah exactly <laughs> so um so yeah no but i i don't know if i'd ever watch this again unless under duress like this <laughs> i think if i if i ever like eventually hopefully our kids will be into star wars even though i think that's a very wishful thinking because the more i'm into it the less they're going to be into it probably um uh, but it's this is a hard one because Fortunately, things like Young Jedi Adventures, which I know, Matthew, you've, um, you've shown George and things like that kind of show is a bit more of a gateway, I think. And in honestly watching, cause I, I've seen not all of Young Jedi Adventures, but quite, we watch it every now and then, um, uh, because obviously it's High Republic stuff. So it's not every like, now and then when, when then the Star Wars stuff on, we don't watch it, but like one episode every day or so. And they're like 10 minutes long. So it's like, it's not with dinner. It's like, Hey, Megan wants to watch, you know, an hour of RuPaul's Drag Race or Bake Off. And I'm like, can we watch 10 minutes of this little kid Star Wars show where you have dinner? It's like, fine, we'll watch it. Um, <laughs> But I think it makes Willow bark. That's one of the main reasons that I don't like watching it. She yeah, barks. Nubs. She barks at nubs and, and some nubs. of the characters yeah. and some of the creatures in there. I mean, there was an episode recently where it had Ember the Charhound, Ember the Charhound, and Belle Zetafar, and Willow would not shut up. She would not stop barking at the Charhound. <laughs> yeah, which is a dog. It's part it... of the reason I don't want to put it on. <laughs> yeah, she she she's fine with most things. When she sees dogs on TV, it drives her mad. Um, but yeah, I don't know if I'd with this Clone Wars movie. I think. Uh, like people online sort of a while ago they used to ask should i watch the clone wars what order do i watch it in blah 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 and i was always saying to people like, just skip the clone wars movie now i did enjoy it don't get me wrong but for essentially a hundred minutes really there's only probably about half an hour's worth of like n- stuff you kind of need to see in a way but if you start series one of the clone wars without seeing the clone wars movie you pick it up very quickly you know that just the, the only thing you wouldn't get is why is a so called snips occasionally because it ne- he never says you're snippy ever again he just refers to her snips and you just think if you just threw one line of dialogue it'd explain all that and you know the, the introduction of Rex a little bit but Rex in this isn't how much we all know he's important to the canon and in Rebels and stuff like that he's not really showcased that much in this he's in it a bit and you're like oh yeah that, that clone is kind of well, cool Cody's in it as well isn't he I don't think Cody's in this very well, much. No, we watched something the other day that Cody was in. Do we? I think so, because I always call him a baddie. You do always call him a baddie because <laughs> he shot, he fired, open fired an Obi Wan. He he does pop up in the other animated series, hmm. but that's that's it really. He is in it. Yeah. Is he where yellow? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Okay. Yeah, he is in it. Yeah, in <laughs> sorry, it. it's because the thing is, is that he. D- I don't think he takes his. Maybe he does take his time off. I know him and Rex have got an interesting relationship because Rex, Ahsoka, Rex and Ahsoka are part of like Anakin's battalion, the five or legion, the five or first legion. You know, it's General Skywalker, 
Commander Oso- uh, Tano, and then uh, Captain Rex. And then on the other side, you've got General um, Kenobi, and below him is Commander Cody. And I can't remember the... Um, I had it written down somewhere, but I can't remember what the name of the uh, battalion that uh, Obi-Wan has. But Cody is to Obi-Wan, Rex is to Anakin. And I really like the dynamic because you also you see Cody and you see Rex kind of grow, and they both become a bit more like their respective Jedi. So Rex becomes a bit more reckless. I wonder if that's why. Um, he becomes a bit more reckless and, and in certain ways, but a bit more risk-taking. And he's like, the stuff that Jedi can do is nuts. Whereas Cody's a bit more reserved and a bit more by the rules and a bit more like Obi-Wan in that way. Um, so I did like that. But I, I don't I don't think this is essential. And when people watch The Clone Wars, I, I may, most of the time, especially if they're unsure and they're not... You know, if you bought in like me, I'll just watch everything. But if you're trying to convince someone to watch Clone Wars, it's like, skip the movie... Watch like six episodes of season one and just jump into season two. That's, that's really how you'd grab someone. And I think that when I, when we eventually have kids and I want to show them stuff, it's going to be a hard sell. Star Wars is going to be hard as well because I either have to start with Phantom Menace, which is heavily flawed, or A New Hope, which I love, but it's very slow. And for kids who generally hate older stuff, you can feel the age of it. So I'm going to be controversial now. You start with Force Awakens. Yeah, I think that's probably the strongest first movie for yeah. a new generation, to be honest. I have thought that. Episode 7. Yeah. 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 Well, I don't know. The, 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 I suppose that gets him in there. But it's, it's like you asked Megan this on the previous podcast when Megan was on. It, it's an unfair comparison because... It depends what generation you are. Yeah. You know, the thing is, you know, when you have kids and they get to like 10 year old, we could have a whole different Star Wars at that point, which they'll be into then. Mm. You know, I grew up with, you know, the originals and that, and then we got the prequels. I, I will always prefer the originals because that's my childhood. That's what I, I grew up. Yes, they are slow, you know, but I forgive it because. You know, I've got affinity to that. Mm. Whereas, you know, the newer ones, you know, they have a bit more kind of, you know, like marble kind of, you know, mm. bang, big, big colourful, fast. Yeah. And that. So, again, it, it depends what generation you are to what you're going to enjoy. We are talking about Mike and Megan's unborn children here, so <laughs> yeah. that's, that's why I say Force Awakens. <laughs> and there is no one around our age group who has not watched the originals. <laughs> I don't think it's even anyone in our age group, to be honest with you. Yeah. The only people you get them is, not always, before I get anyone mad at me, usually I find it's women who uh, I have interacted with who like to either apologise to me or subtly brag they've not seen Star Wars. There's a few guys I've noticed who do do it. But one thing is when, when Game of Thrones was on and was the biggest thing, you'd get people going, well, I haven't watched Game of Thrones. Well, you're, you're... I'm so unique because I've not seen this. And when people do that with Star Wars, I'm like, you are just a dick. Yeah, but you're always going to have people like that yeah. because they're always going to... It's the same... Like, I mean, I've literally got a Harry Potter blanket on me now. You, you're always going to have Harry Potter... Like, people who are like, <laughs> I've never seen the Harry Potter films. I'm like, okay, cool. Well done. Like, yeah, I don't well, know. <laughs> Congratulations. Such a, such a weird thing, isn't it? Yeah, I, it's, it's such just a weird like, flex. I haven't done this. I have never... I don't know, jumped off a tall building. It's a weird thing to talk about the things you haven't done because everyone's not done loads of shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's because the I, mainstream stuff, isn't it? It's, it's the bragging, like, oh, yeah, I think, I'm, I'm not like everyone else. It, it's, I mean, for, for years, I didn't watch Titanic. 
and like everyone's going on about how good it is. And it's like I know what the story is. I, I'm, I'm really we're not interested. Spoiler: the boat sinks. Uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Sets it, it from Southampton. And then got got round to watching it. Like, yeah, it's all right. You know, it was nothing. It wasn't as good as what everyone kind of built it up to. But yeah. it was just it was one of those things I was just not interested in. But I find that with a lot of films, though, mm. like it's like there's there's loads of films that I've not seen that are like classics, and like generally, if it is a classic, I don't like it that much because it's always been hyped up. It's like fucking Anchorman is a fine. Ex- I know that's not classed as a classic, but Anchorman was so hyped up. Our generation went nuts. Like with it. everyone that I'd spoken to, like as soon as you say oh, I've not seen Anchorman, like, what? <laughs> You've never seen Anchorman? It's like, no, that's why I literally just said it. Like, I don't... <laughs> That's Megan's pet peeve of saying she hasn't seen something and then the person responds going, you haven't seen this? And then I watched it and I was like, what is everyone going on about? Like, it's, it's all right. But like, I think with anything like any kind of franchise that is as big as Star Wars, as big as Harry Potter, as big as Game of Thrones, anything like that that gets like hyped, if you're not like in it, once you watch it, a lot of the times you're not overly phased by it, which is why I think there is this weird flex that I've. Or oh, Lord of the Rings as well is another oh, yeah. example of it. Like it, any it, of those. Yeah, it's it's like I mean, Dave might not like me for this. I've never watched uh, the Godfather's. You've them. never watched. Sorry. You what? <laughs> we only watched Godfather one. Literally. Yeah, and I fell asleep. <laughs> well, I, I've seen it twice. <laughs> we, we watched I, the Godfather just... last year, I think, for the first time. Well, you I, watched it last year for the first time. Well, yeah, I, do, yeah. I don't think I'm into the whole gangster kind of Sopranos. Same as Sopranos. Never watched Sopranos. I mean, Sopranos but, is different because it's like a ten. At, it's like each season is like ten hours or something nuts. So it's like the commitment for Sopranos. Yeah. Godfather like, is like five mm. years long. So <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but you can watch it in an afternoon. Whereas Sopranos, <laughs> you can't watch in a week. It's just one of those that I'm just not really that interested in. That's you know the simple things that you think. Maybe I'd like it, but I just don't know if I can be bothered to put the effort in to kind of watch something that I think I've missed the boat on. Mm. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I, I liked Godfather, but I, I did find it was... But the problem is with things like Godfather is like, there's so many things that have come since then that I watched first. Like I saw Goodfellas first. And I know it's not the same thing exactly, but and Sopranos. I've not seen Sopranos, but I know bits about it. But it is just that... I Don't get me wrong, Sopranos is important to the culture, but I think... Star Wars is one of those things where you it's Darth Vader is one of the most iconic faces in all of cinema. You never have to have seen Star Wars. You show everyone over the age of 12 a picture of Darth Vader, 99.9% of the people will be able to either say it's Darth Vader or it's in Star Wars. And there's not really anyone else. You show people pictures of uh, Marlon Brando as the Godfather. A lot of people under 20 will not know what you're talking about. Like, it, it's just... Where Star Wars is kind of is beyond that. Granted, it's because you know every ten fifteen years they go. <laughs> well, yeah, new generation. There's also way more content. But yeah, there's, yeah, there's like three, three Godfather, Godfather films, and Marlon Brando's <laughs> only in one of them. For you spoiler alert, not that long. Actually, <laughs> I watched it. and I was like, he's not even in this film much. He's on screen for about half an hour. It feels like three and a bit hours long, and it's like <laughs> so long, barely on it. Dave, what have you not seen that's really popular? <laughs> Probably quite a lot. I mean, I, I shock you maybe, but I only saw Godfather. I think it was two years ago. Mm. I, I, you know, I do. Yeah, I think it was Chris who who picked it one week, and I was like, "Oh, all right, I'll watch it then." But I, yeah, so I think there are probably other things that that I've not watched as well that, that are deemed classics. I think for me, probably 
a blind spot might be like early 70s stuff that isn't mm. you know a, a huge classic uh you know so stuff uh, or even 80s so if it if it wasn't uh if it wasn't something that i'd have watched as a kid which is weird because i watched like nightmare on elm street hellraiser stuff like that in the <laughs> 80s no one seemed to care but but like if it was uh you know what's one this year i think called the conversation with gene hackman that was a classic i, I, that I just didn't even thing. know it existed yeah mm -hmm. so and and that's what made me think ah you know i probably do have a blind spot for for some of the 70s movies that i've just missed the boat on um but you know still plenty of time yeah, mine was, mine's old horror. We're only just getting into it with obviously afterthoughts and stuff and do spooky season. There's so much horror before like the nineties. I realized I'd seen like none of it. Like um, I've been trying to watch more of it recently. And then you realize it's probably reason I haven't watched a lot of it because anything after the original movie is normally terrible. And there's like 10,000 <laughs> of the same film. Well, yeah, there's 12 yeah. Friday 13th. There's eight Nightmare on Elm Street. The thing uh, with horror though, it's so easy to do. So that's why yeah. you have to kind of filter through so much mm. to find something good yeah not like star wars where it's all good clearly <laughs> oops um right we, i think this film is evidence of that yeah <laughs> um yeah i mean zero i'd say zero of the hut as well he's he's a bit annoying i say i know the the let's say let's the call sassy the, one the flamboyant uncle yeah who is um he's character isn't he and he's smoking and it's the reason the film is like a six plus it just says on there contains tobacco, tobacco. <laughs> every time you watch a film and it says uh, contains tobacco depictions. Like, oh, I can't oh. watch this. Not tobacco. Oh no. Um, yeah, it's not the you know the killing and the shooting and watching loads of faceless soldiers being shot. No, that's not the problem here. The problem here is the small amount of smoke coming out of this she, giant slug being, like you'd see in Alice in Wonderland. Maybe they'll edit it and they'll have a vape now. <laughs> death, death sticks. Death sticks. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> a bit of death sticks. Uh, Megan, is there anything else you wanted to mention? Not that you even wanted to not only not watch this film and not talk about it with uh, Clone Wars. Yeah, the Clone Wars movie. Anything you wanted to mention we haven't touched on um, yet? I don't think so. I, I didn't dislike it as much as I did from what I remember, but I did find it incredibly boring. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I wasn't I wasn't a fan of no. it. Has this made you more or less excited to watch the rest of the Clone Wars series? Well, the thing is that I know that the Clone Wars series is good because I've seen it. I'm not looking forward to seeing like the episodes that you made me like you skipped because the fact that we didn't watch them the first time would indicate that they're not that great. What happens yeah. if you watch them and you go, these are really good? Why did you not let me watch these to start? Yeah, why did you make me watch that shit yeah. film and then you skipped well, all of these things? <laughs> I mean, the most annoying thing is that after we watched that film and then like we started watching the Clone Wars series, when people were asking Mike for recommendations, he would say, I'll skip the movie. And I'm like, skip the movie. Why did I have to watch it then? To be fair, I hadn't watched it. I watched it at the cinema in 2008 and then I didn't re-watch it again till I watched, because um, I watched the Clone Wars series uh, on lunch breaks at work back probably... Eight years ago, I think I kind of eight or nine years ago, I think. And I then the final it. series came out when we were together, but it was yeah. before I, or it was part yeah. way through that I'd started watching it. So you were watching it in real time when it was coming out, and then yeah. we watched it together when I caught up. Yeah, because so, series seven came out after Rebels finished. Um, but yeah, the Clone Wars movie, I've only seen it. This was my third rewatch ever. I watched it two thousand eight, then we watched it together in probably twenty eighteen, and I was like, don't want to watch it again. Uh, but series one, the reason. Whoop, whoop, when we get to the series, you'll see why I skipped a couple of episodes. There's one word which explains why I skipped a couple. Jar. Oh, yeah. A I mean, Jar -Jar there's, there's a couple of Jar Jar episodes that I have seen. Yeah, yeah, there's a couple. There's even a fun Mace Windu Jar Jar team up, which is something you really didn't think you ever wanted. 
And after watching it, you realise you still don't want it. Um, but that's jumping many seasons ahead. Math, is there anything you want to mention um, regarding the Clone Wars movie before we fully wrap up? No. <laughs> oh, awesome. Um, no, I, I, I think we kind of... Again, I think because it it was four episodes, it, it kind of... I, I want to get into the actual series now because it, it just feels like it's kind of it's wet the appetite a little bit. It was all right. It was nothing fantastic, but it was all right. Mm. But it, it, it just, it, it felt like a bit of a trailer, a very long trailer, but it felt a bit, <laughs> like, a bit like a trailer of this is what you're going to get. Cause it, it is a bit disjointed at times, but, but yeah, you know, I am looking forward to watching the Clone Wars. Yeah. I do, I do have a question. Yeah, Have you managed to understand everything I've said, Megan, or did you need subtitles for the Yorkshire accent? No, I can understand what you're saying. It's because we watched, um, it was during one of the afterthoughts. The witch. <laughs> Remember when we got to watch the Oh the my witch? God, yeah, that was confusing. <laughs> also, that, with... fair, that, that was like, <laughs> speaking like 1600s. Also, going back with the Yorkshire accent, <laughs> this is a completely side note. When at my previous school, we had to read, <laughs> we had three mornings a week with my tutor group. I had to read a book with them and I had to read like a chapter every single morning. And the reason that one of the books was The Secret Garden. And in The Secret Garden, it's written fucking phonetically in a Yorkshire accent. And it's like written as someone from Yorkshire would, would read it, but it's written like that. And I could not say it. I, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. It was really hard. So, uh, I like got to the point with the kids, I was like, I'm just going to read this in my normal accent and I'm going to change some of the words around and make it sound like how I would say it, but we have to pretend that it's in a Yorkshire accent, everyone. Should, should <laughs> we read Kez from... Oof. Yeah, I mean, there's Kez. There's also uh, Train Spotting, which is arguably my favourite film of all time. Oh, yeah, I needed sp- I needed subtitles for that film. Well, not just that film you need subtitles for. I, I can do that without subtitles, but the book Train Spotting, written by Owen Welch, is written in phonetic Scottish. It's and fucking shit. Fucking shit, being Scottish. Uh, the amount of apostrophes in Train Spotting, the book, is insanity. You're just looking at it like, I can barely read this, um, especially when there's lots of, like, slang words for yeah. heroin and things. I've seen, like, Twitter threads of, like... Oh, Scottish people Scottish writing tweets. Scottish people writing tweets in phonetic Scottish. It's good. It's good. <laughs> um, but yeah, so um, we'll wrap up here. Um, so very excited to delve into Clone Wars Series 1. Um, I think it's only 16 episodes. And then after that, I think she might be... I think after that, they're like 22 episodes for a while. Uh, and then Series 5 and 6 are a bit shorter. In fact, Series 5, 6 and 7 are a bit shorter. But we've got got a long way to go. A lot of core cool episodes to highlight. And I'm very excited to delve in. Because, yeah, this this film... It's not the best. It's not as bad as I remember, but it's not the best. Um, and again, it's not the worst piece of Star Wars content on screen. Uh, Resistance is still uh, the worst by quite a bit. But <laughs> this did, this has made me more excited for Clone Wars because there's little bits and or pieces. The, what's, is it the Ewok movie? Yeah, but I've not seen the Ewok movies. <laughs> yeah, I mean, judging from the, the <laughs> Caravan of Courage. Face. The Caravan of Courage is terrible. <laughs> Have you yeah. seen the other one? Because there's a battle of... I think, I think I had done, but it, it's Caravan of Courage that was the first one. And again, I, my little excited face getting the VHS and thinking, oh my God, more Star Wars. And then, honestly, what ensued was terrible. It's a holiday special. Oh, yeah. God, we've seen bits and pieces of that. We, we haven't sat for Arguably, thing, that's probably worse than... But this, is what, yeah. this is what the <laughs> Legends fans don't like to admit, which is Ewok, the Ewoks movies and holiday special are technically part of Star Wars Legends and there are people online who are fucking wrong when they say this because they're idiots who say the Ewok movies 
and the holiday special are better than the sequels. And I'm like, I've oh, got man. problems. I've got problems <laughs> with the sequels. Don't get me wrong. They're not perfect. But if you actually legitimately think that the Ewok movies and holiday special are better made than the sequels, you are fucking delusional. If you like them more... Oh my God, be- so much aggression. But if you like them more because of nostalgia <laughs> and because they're cheesy and stupid, you know, that's fine. If you think they are better, you're just insane. I know I've not seen them, but I've seen enough clips and I know enough about them. And I'm like, anyone who says that and they're serious is just one of those people... What was it called? Disney shills. I've shown you some of the tweets that occasionally go, oh, go the, into my Twitter the feed. angry people. And it's people going, can't call it Star Wars Legends. Star, it's actually the expanded universe. Star Wars Legends is Disney talk. And you're like, oh my God, what is wrong with you? They own the they Stop own getting the so angry. You're going to get I'm so sorry. much hate. I'm sorry. It just frustrates me when people <laughs> argue that Disney don't own the canon when the canon is, is created by the people who own the property. It drives me mad. Um, and also... Clone Wars movie was made before Disney took over. So, and this is the kind of thing, the irony is that this movie encapsulates the things that you would inadvertently expect Disney to make from Star Wars. And this was made like nearly a decade beforehand. So Megan's mad at me for getting too wound up, wound up about it. Friends, I like Legends and Canon. Just, I'm sorry. Just, just to, to throw in something opposing. So I don't. Do it. I mean, I don't. Uh, I probably don't get as many Star Wars Legends stands as as you do in your timeline. But I think the issue with having one body, Disney in this case, owning everything, is you get this very non-diverse, very samey kind of story. And I think if uh, I think if Disney owned Star Wars, the franchise. Back in the mid two thousands, I don't think Clone Wars gets created. Hmm. So I think it's the diversity of ideas, and with the diversity, you're going to get a bit of shit sometimes. You're going to get some hits, some misses. So I think that's what people possibly uh, are arguing for. I don't disagree, but my counter to that normally is that in Star Wars Legends, the Star Wars original trilogy existed, and then Legends continued via books and comics. The majority of people who critique Disney Star Wars have not read the books and comics that have come out post-canon. And I've read a lot of legend stuff. Um, not all of it, because it's insanity, the amount of it. I've read a lot of the big hitters, the main things there's the Empire Trilogy, Darth Bane, etc. I've read a lot of those. And they're brilliant, don't get me wrong. You know, some of them are hard to beat. But the people who heavily criticise it go, yeah, the Legends books are better than the movies. Like, yeah, but a, a book is often better than a movie because in the book you fill in the gaps of what you kind of want to see. But in the movie it's all there and it's kind of hard to dispute. So but comparing also you a can book add to more a movie, detail in a book. Well, exactly. And also, you know, for example, there's a book here, Shadow of the Sith. This is a great Legends book. This is dark as hell, okay? There's some Star Wars books as well. High Republic I adore, obviously. There's lots of Star Wars books in the canon that are as dark and as brutal as as some of the stuff in Legends. And a lot of the writers aren't on Disney payroll. They're hired by Del Rey or Lucasfilm Publishing, which is the umbrella umbrella. And there has to be a little bit of kind of leeway. But when I've spoken to a lot of the authors, a lot of the time they get like a paragraph of an idea of a story and a couple of footnotes what they can't do. And then they can kind of do their own thing. So I think that the problem is a lot of these legends, like I like legends, don't get me wrong, but a lot of the canon haters, they're comparing 40 years of Star Wars Legends or 30 years of Star Wars Legends and the top Star Wars Legends content compared to the worst canon content. The canon's been around for about a decade and they haven't read the best 
canon books. And I think that's where some of it kind of comes from. But I don't disagree. I'm not a fan of one giant entity owning all of Marvel and 20th Century Fox and all of Star Wars. I feel like the video gaming world, now it's not all owned by EA. Hopefully that's going to diversify a little bit. But I I don't disagree with that point. I I do think there is an issue and it will be. I hope that in the coming decades, we're going to get some better stories. I do have my reservations and concerns. It's actually potentially going to get worse. It's a frustrating thing because, like you said, with you know some of the authors that have written the books, uh, there's so many good stories. You can say the same for the the Marvel comics. There's so many good stories out there. Why can't you just take that story and put it on screen? But the problem is, an animated show, you can do an awful lot more than what you can do in a film. Because there's certain stuff that you know, it doesn't matter how good the actor or wires and stuntmen and things like there's a limit to what you can do. With the animation, you can do a bit more with it. With the comics, again, you can do a lot more of it. If it's just an audiobook, you can do whatever you want because your your mind will put in the blanks like you've said. So th- there's always a bit of a limit, but there are so many great stories out there. You know, I, I'm reading some of them now and it's like, in one sense, I would like to see this on the big screen, but at the same point, I don't know whether it would be good to see on the screen because what I see in my head will be different to what you see in your head. Yeah. So it, it may, whether it would work or not, but there is contents out there that could do so much more. Uh, but again, unfortunately, you get these big studios who are like, no, you can't do that and you can't do this. And then, it, you know. Yeah. I agree. But then, Again, sorry, if you give people too much free reign, George Lucas kind of had a bit too much free reign with the, you know, <laughs> <Pretty> and, <laughs> and people then complain about it. So you, you can't win. Well, no one's going to be happy. Like, not ever, you're not going to please everyone, are you? No. And a lot of Legends fans nowadays like to argue that the hate for the sequels is worse than the hate for the prequels. And it's like, that is not true. <laughs> <laughs> that is not the prequel hate was fierce and even when i was in school and i liked the prequels when i was a child i used to get picked on for liking them i still get ridiculed for it now yeah good yeah as i should <laughs> damn jar jar lover um, but we will wrap up here before i end up getting ranty again about star wars legends and canon because i just want people to enjoy star wars and if you don't like some star wars content just don't watch it or do a little podcast on like we do and have a bit of fun um but um math what are you up to? What's going on in the pod world um, aside from Star Wars stuff? If anything, uh, I, I don't think there is anything. Yes, um, I've got you. I've got you in my claws. <laughs> <laughs> and that, uh, and no one's asked me to go on and do anything. Um, uh, it's Christmas is coming up, so we've got a busy time. Yeah, kind of coming up as well. Yeah, um, I mean, things are winding down anyway. To be fair, in the podcast, yeah, realm. we've got George's in a play. Well, a nativity thing coming up, so we've got stuff like that kind of coming up. So yeah, it's it's a busy time of year. Yeah, Dave. I mean, you you never do many podcasts, do you, Dave? You, mm. Actually, you're not. You, you can't be doing too much, can you, Dave? <laughs> I think I, I'm, I'm down to a minimum at the minute of two a week, plus the occasional guest spots like this. So uh, next week, I'm not sure when this is coming out. Might be out already, but we are doing a Spider Dan pick. So we are doing uh, a movie from 1977 called The Dragon Lives Again. And basically, it is about <laughs> Bruce Lee going to hell and fighting people like Dracula, the Godfather, 
James Bond, Emmanuel. It is the most bonkers shit you've ever seen. So, uh, yeah, definitely try check that one out on the VHS Strikes Back. And then for the reality cast, we're doing something a bit different. We're covering uh, I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. Never done that series before, but... Um, Weirdly, I wanted to boycott it, but since I hadn't watched it for about 21 years, I ended up having to cover it because uh, Nigel Farage is on there, uh, which is a bit of a divisive character. And so, yeah, that'll be a lot of fun. I will just say, we, I mean, we were talking about voice acting. I think, Megan, you should actually watch. I, I love it, but X-Men, the animated series, if you go back and watch episode one, you know some the of the voice you. acting is ridiculous. Uh, but the new se- series is coming out in January. Hmm. And so Spider-Dan's going to be uh, covering that one with guests, different guests each week. So that should be good fun. Is that the... Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> I think the greatest theme music of all time. Some people say 100%. Batman, the animated show, and I respectfully disagree. I, I think I, Spider Man as well. You know, around that nineties time, you did have some good yeah. theme tunes. Everyone knows this. Th- Spider Man. Spoiler man. <laughs> Why are you singing like that? That one. That, that was the sixties one. Uh, <laughs> um, also great. Yeah, I mean, this, the anim- as as Mav kind of said, you know, animation they get so much more freedom. And I think with with books, just a quick thing is in a book you can write an army of a thousand people attack a giant castle. To do that in a series or on screen, you have to animate it or you have to CGI it or have extras on. So or I just think yeah. you do a soak and you just have a lot of smoke around you. So you just <laughs> see little bits here and there. Yeah, it's it's a lot cheaper and a, a lot. A better storytelling device, I suppose. I mean, if they did it and there was loads of rubbish CGI, people would moan about that because when the prequels came out, everyone was moaning that the clones in the films, there's no clone armor ever in the prequels, no physically. It's all CG. So in in The Mandalorian, when they had loads of... um, uh, Not Mandalorian. In one of the... I think it was maybe Ahsoka. One of them, when they had to use live-action armor, they had to borrow some for the 501st because they didn't... the, The actual studios of Lucasfilm never made clone trooper armor. Because it's all CG. Um, but Megan, what have you got coming up? Megan. <laughs> you said my name so weirdly then. <laughs> Sorry. What have you got coming up? I mean, you, you class yourself not as a podcaster. I don't know. But you appear in quite a few podcasts. I don't know. I don't remember. I don't read my messages. So <laughs> she just, I'll just tell I her just, one I just turn oh, it up. This week we do the podcast. Oh, are we? Or we're watching this for a podcast. Okay. Well, you can't remember. Disney discussions. There we go. That's what I thought you were going to be mentioning. Um, well, there's Disney discussions. There's obviously this. Um, there's going to be the Buffy revisited pod as well. I think the next mm. few episodes of Genuine Chit Chat, Megan's going to be involved in. And well, what an exciting time. Megan's excited. You can tell in her voice. I'm um, tired. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you, Megan, find Megan, if you want to hear more from her and you want to hear me, you know, drag out her thoughts <laughs> on, on movies, you can go to Patreon. Yeah. Genuine Chit Chat. Patreon. You can also find me on Grits Gets Fit on Instagram. Sometimes I post. I've been posting a little bit more regularly recently. Mainly selfies of us after the gym. Yeah. Yeah. If you yeah. want to see a picture of the dog or me sway after the gym, go to my Instagram. <laughs> what could be better than that? Uh, well, friends, from me, uh, follow me at Genuine Chit Chat on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. If you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe. Check out the other Star Wars pods. There's an interview with Ethan Sachs I've recently done. Uh, I've also recently recorded an interview with Adam Christopher, which will be out around the time of this uh, episode dropping as well. He's the author of Shadow of the Sith as well. Um, yeah, Clone Wars conversation will be out in uh, the whole of 2024. We're going to plan to do an episode, I think, every month by maybe August. 
because we're getting married then, so we won't be able to do a podcast then. Uh, but we'll figure it out, friends. Um, but yeah, just thank you for listening. Check out all the details in the show notes and etc. as you usually do. And both Math and Dave, thank you so much for going on this journey with us. And thank you, Megan, for sitting down and agreeing to watch the Clone Wars movie again. I, did, I didn't agree, but here we are. <laughs> you just didn't turn it off when I put it on. <laughs> I didn't really have a choice. <laughs> but thank you, friends. We appreciate each and every one of you listening. And we'll speak to you very soon with season one of Clone Wars Conversations. So as always, may the Force be with you. And be with you. And that's the end of the podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, my friends, make sure to check out the details in the show notes. That includes the previous episodes myself, Math and Dave have done for both the Clone Wars conversations, but also for Rebels Reviewed, which we did in 2023 as well, going through each season of Star Wars Rebels, which kind of birthed this whole Clone Wars conversations show idea as well. And obviously the subsequent rewatch of the prequel movies. And you can also check out some of the guest spots I've been in recently on Spider-Dan's show talking about Book of Life and Coco, also on Back to the Filmography talking about Nomeo and Juliet, and there's a few other things that are going to go on in the pipeline in 2024. I've already got several conversations lined up, so I'm very, very excited to see what comes out of those. But next week is going to be Disney Discussions 10, and that's where we put it out to you, the lovely audience, to submit some films. We each chose one, and then we got yourselves to vote on them. And the vote has been finished, and we're going to be doing our podcast in a couple of days, so I'm really excited to do that. That's going to be the last episode of mine released before Christmas, I believe. But there should also be an episode of Star Wars Comics in Canon as well, and then I'm due to record an episode about Buffy the Vampire Slayer in a week's time, I think, or two weeks' time, and then that should be probably the first episode released in 2024, and then I've got Goff returning, I'm planning on having Frank Burton on again, we've got more Disney discussions, I'm going to reach out to more Star Wars authors, loads of different things, there's loads of cool conversations, some returning guests, some new topics to discuss, it's going to be a great time, but obviously just follow me on the social media places, at Genuine Chit Chat on Instagram, X, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, all kinds of threads as well all kinds of different places just follow me get kept up to date with all the kind of things i'm up to i post photos of the comics i tackle i post snippets of conversations i've had on genuine chit chat loads of different bits and pieces please subscribe to my youtube channel i'm doing another big push for that and share where you can you know tell your friends about the show leave reviews and ratings and stuff please let's do a big push on spotify if you're listening on spotify right now please just give it a five star it takes a few seconds and it really means a lot to myself and to everyone who's involved in this podcast which is me myself and i and obviously megan occasionally pops on and says hi but it is all just myself does the editing organizing all that sort of jazz so thank you for your support please share rate review tell your friends about it leave reviews on places other than spotify as well if you so desire subscribe on youtube check out previous episodes i've done loads and loads of content and if you feel like supporting me even one step further than rating and sharing and all that jazz please consider subscribing to patreon patreon.com slash genuine chit chat for only one pound a month you get immediate access to like 200 episodes of afterthoughts and there's a new one every week and me and megan are going to do a few christmas ones that are coming up as well we've also done a lot of horror ones i've done star wars legends book reviews over there loads of crazy things so if you want to support the show in the best way you can help me improve my camera because that's the thing i'm saving up for at the moment and also you want to get bonus content every single week at the moment there's like hours and hours and hours of it then please consider going to patreon.com slash genuine chits chat but friends that's gonna be enough from me thank you so much for tuning in as always i'll talk to you next week with disney discussions number 10 i hope you have a great holiday season and i'll speak to you next week you have just experienced host creator everything else of genuine chit chat and also the host and creator of Star Wars Comics and Canon, found on the Comics in Motion podcast, Mike Burton.